Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Epistle Lesson of Ephesians chapter 5. We read verses 25 through 27, Paul's description of the uh, cleansing by Christ of his bride, the church. And then we hear from verses 31 to 33, the Old Testament Genesis text and Paul's application. Husbands, love your wives, for Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, she might be holy and without blemish. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and, see, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Here ends our text. Dear Christian friends, thank you for letting me come and be with you this weekend. Been here before. I'm Dan Pavla. I teach theology at Concordia University. Thank you for all your support to Concordia, your school just up the road. Thank you for sending us wonderful students, for remembering us in your prayers. Please come and visit us. We're building again this summer. It's always exciting to see new things going up. Continue to be a part of the Concordia University. Thank you again, though, as for letting me spend this long weekend with you. Wow, it is always so impressive to come to Grace. A five-piece brass choir, and it's not Easter. I don't think there's another church in the whole Missouri Synod that's got a five-piece choir, and it's not Easter. I've never seen one, and I've been around a little while. So thank you. Now the message. You know, it's a pretty packed weekend, isn't it? Memorial Day weekend. I don't know about your family, but we're trying to put in as many things as we possibly can. It's that hinge weekend. Spring, moving on to summer. You are done with spring, right? You did all your spring cleaning. That's done. You've planted everything that's ready to go. Maybe not so much. I see you smiling. Well, there's not much time left because we're saying goodbye. This is the weekend of Memorial. Maybe you've got people coming around. Maybe you're going to gravesides. You're going to go to a, a service or a, a remembrance tomorrow. That's good. It's time to remember. And then, off to summer. You've got all your summer plans laid out, right? You've got all those weddings to go to, and you've got them all in the calendar, and you've returned all the RSVP cards. We actually missed one this week, and the nice bride-to-be said, did you maybe not get one? Maybe it was lost in the mail. That was code for you haven't responded yet. She was very nice. There's a lot going on. But our text packs a lot in too. Those things I just talked about. Cleaning. Weddings. Remembering. That's really the sequence of our text. Let's see how that's true. Not just for a weekend. But it's true for all of us. Today and beyond. It starts with spring cleaning. That's always a strange title to me. Spring cleaning. I've never heard anybody say I've got my winter cleaning done. I've got to get my summer cleaning done. Spring cleaning. I'm not sure why. Days are longer. Does the sun finally get to corners that have been hidden all winter? I'm not really sure. I grew up on a dairy farm in western Minnesota. We heated with wood, an old, old farmhouse. I think with a wood fire going 24-7 for months on months, yeah, there probably was some cleaning come spring. But the point is, spring cleaning says you're never done. It's not the cleaning. No, it's spring but don't kid yourself, another one's going to come, and another, and another. We're never really done. But that's what makes this text so amazing, isn't it? Because it talks about a one and done, and he means it, cleansing. Listen again to the cleansing that he does. 
he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but holy and without blemish. Wow. Now, that's really cleansing on the great scale. You and I aren't used to that. The best we can come up with is some infomercial. Now, don't worry, I don't have a basin of water, an oxy-something, da-da-da, just Dawn, and an old T-shirt, da-da-da, but we've all seen enough of them. We could conjure up images of Billy Mays here, and on if we go. We'd have some kind of substance put on this, though you're secretly wondering, is that really motor oil? Is that really ketchup he's putting on there? Who knows? But he scrubs it in, and then he puts his wonderful detergent, or he puts it into a vat of oxy-something, and it's bubbling blue, and it bubbles, it boils, and it comes out how? How does it come out? Perfect. But aren't you almost ready to buy it, but almost also saying, really? I got some questions. Number one, was it really motor oil? Was it really ketchup? Who knows? We don't know. That bubbling and boiling, it took seconds. Really? I don't know. Maybe it took more than a couple seconds in oxy-something. He pulls it out, it looks clean. Well, so does this old t-shirt look clean. But maybe not compared to the brilliant whites that I see out there. I don't think I want to put my old t-shirt up against those beautiful whites that I see there. Eh, clean is kind of relative. And here's the biggie for me. It's clean now. But what about tomorrow? Who hasn't taken something out of the wash, snapped it, it looks good, but when you put it on tomorrow and you're out in public with people seeing you, you look down and say, I thought that was gone. But it's not, and there you are. Cleaning has limits. That's what we're used to. But not with God. Isn't that an amazing thought? He says he has washed us with his word that we might be perfect, without stain or wrinkle or spot or blemish, but holy and blameless in this sight. Did you catch that? There are six qualities of this cleansing. Four, not, and two, yes. Without stain or spot or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless in his sight. To do that, he does three things, and he does them all. Notice, first of all, he is the one who washes. He washed us. He's also the agent of the washing. He washes us through his word. And he's the judge. That he might present her to himself holy and blameless. It's a closed circle. Now on one hand you'd say, well, that makes a great infomercial. If the one who does the washing is the one who then does the judging. But it's great news for us. Let's think about that. He washes us, he himself. Isn't that marvelous? It's not a matter of God saying, well, get yourself ready. See if you qualify. Clean up and see if you meet my standards for a wedding. Who of us could ever do that? Hopeless. But God instead says, I'll clean you. We can't imagine that. But he who washed the disciples' feet cleanses his entire bride, the church, all of us. The washing of the feet, wonderful, that's small. Consider that he washes all of us. And he does so through his word. Washing us with the word. Washing, baptism, that's our beginning. He washes us with that promise that comes in baptisms, a gift. 
He also washes us with that central agent, his blood. 1 John 1, 7. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You know, detergent makers work really hard at making things appealing. Dawn, what a nice green color, green fragrance underneath the sink so I could take this one and leave Holly with something to still work with this morning was another bottle of Dawn that one's more citrusy kind of an orange da 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 oh you've got lemon this and that they all try to look appealing and smell that way too isn't God strange he cleanses us by the agent of his blood he cures us with the illness itself we had that one in John John three fifteen. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who looks on him will live. God cures with the illness itself. He cleanses us with that which should be the stain itself. When you were dying because of a snake bite in the desert, you were to look at a serpent and be healed. When we're frightened about our sins, and we find the epitome of those sins, his death on the cross, that's our healing. That's our cleansing. He washes us with his blood. And then presents himself, us, and says, perfect. Without stain or wrinkle or spot or blemish, but holy and blameless in his sight, that's how he sees us. Now that's good news. That should make a great wedding. And thinking of great weddings, let's go back a week. Did you watch the wedding last Saturday? Did you get up early and travel halfway around the world, so to speak, and watch them get married? You know, Holly and I get up about 5, 5.15 every morning. So we got up 5, 5.15, just like ever, turned on the news, and there was no news. There was only the wedding. All right, I'll say it. I'm a man. I watched the wedding. That's part of the healing process. This first step, I think, is important to say that. I watched most of the wedding. By the way, if you'd watched the two-minute clip that came up on the Internet about six hours later, you'd been fine, too. But, wow, that was a wedding. They call that a chapel. That's one big chapel. That is really pretty ornate. Wow, would you like to go away from your wedding in a four-horse carriage to cheering crowds? I'm sure you did. Would you like to pull up to your wedding in that Rolls Royce? I would kill for that Rolls Royce. All the women in my life said yes to the dress, said it was fantastic. And so, what a wedding. Now, where's what's interesting? Our daughter is here from Denver. She flew in on Friday night. And my wife and she were talking, going through a People magazine all about the wedding. And she said, Mom, did you hear about? And then there are what? And da-da-da. I thought everything looked perfect at the wedding. But she says... Oh, there are all kinds of questions. Why did she do this? And where was this? And how about that? And who chose it? Who knew? That does happen, though, doesn't it? What looks perfect to us at the moment doesn't always stay that way. What's in the moment, clean, perfect, right, will be questioned in the days that follow. It's been known to happen at weddings and in marriages. And we're worried, aren't we? What if God does the same? What if this text is just a promise for the moment? And he says, in the moment, if you don't leave this building, you're safe. And in this moment, you're clean in my sight. But don't bet on it. That's not the truth at all. 
The good news is that when he says, without stain or wrinkle or spot or blemish, but holy and blameless in my sight, that is how he chooses to see us from now until the end. Isn't that an amazing relationship? What an amazing marriage and union between ourselves and God. He gives us that promise by his doing, not our promise and not our perfection. But because of his promise, that's how he sees us. He can remember the perfection of his own washing, and that takes us forward. And that leaves us with memory. It's Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day weekend. I suspect that you've got a lot of memories going on. Maybe you're the family that goes to a gravesite. Maybe you've decorated the gravesides of someone. Maybe you're going to, on, especially tomorrow, some memorial service, remembering those who have served before us. It's right for us to say thank you to all those who served. We're an army family, and uh, so just an example of, in our family, that's our son, just finished eight years as an army cavalry scout and such. We're thankful for his service. That's, by the way, him holding his uh, first child, uh, Gabriella, cutest grandchild that ever was born. I got pictures to prove it out in the narthex. You think you got? We'll go dueling cameras and pictures if you want. But we remember. That's good for us to do. And we live in those memories. And that's even better. Remember that the rest of this text says, remember now. Remember, husbands and wives, that you are already clean by the action of God. Remember. Live that way. Husbands, you be as Christ was to the church and gave himself up for her. And wives, respect your husbands. And he goes on beyond that, remember? In chapter 6, he talks about parents and children. Live in memory. Remember, fathers, that you have a greater father and act as he. Remember, children, that as you give honor to your heavenly father, so also to your earthly father. Live in memory. That seems fitting, doesn't it? On Memorial Day, and on. We pack a lot into Memorial Day weekend. We put a lot of things into these three days. I hope you're cleaning, you're planting, everything in spring is done. I hope that your summer calendar is full and we rightly remember the people who have done so much. Here's the good news. God has put in more. God has cleansed us. He has an everlasting relationship with us as the groom and we as the bride. That will not change because he has chosen to remember what his son has done on the cross. And in that memory, he forever sees us without stain or wrinkle or spot or blemish, but holy and blameless in his sight. Amen.